Welcome to the Life Atelier podcast. I'm your host, Emma Lavelle. And when I say host, I kind of want you to imagine that we're getting coffee together and I've got like plate of biscuits, fancy cake. (laughs) And this is your moment to really just settle and give yourself 10, 15, 20 minutes, hopefully not more than that. If it's more than 20 minutes, I've started to, to ramble. And and just to start to think about and to work on your life. One of my listeners and students told me that she likes to put, so hi Maria if you're listening, (laughs) she likes to put um, a YouTube video in the background that has, I'll put some links to it, but for example snow falling or fire crackling and she really gives herself this time to actually pause and journal and do her answers when I ask questions. So I do have some plans connected to that in the future, but for now I'll put some links to a couple of videos. So whether you are in a very hot place and you're desperate for snow and you want to imagine that it's cold, I've been there, um, you might want to listen to a kind of snow falling in Bulgaria video, that's one of my favourites. Or if you are stuck in the city and you're just desperate for a bit of nature and wildlife, you could put forest sounds or vice versa. Sometimes, you know, I'm in a very rural area and sometimes I listen to kind of cafe sound videos on YouTube while I'm working and it sort of, you know, creates the feeling of being around other people. So just an idea for how you can sort of make the most of this time. And it's really connected because the topic of this episode is a kind of reset and recalibrate. So we're just about to go into December and I have been completing the module for the Life Atelier, which is all about self-care and how to practice self-care and, you know, really how to build resilience in that way. And, And I think it's timely because December is often when we get very worn out and, you know, it's, there's this thing it's like when you go on holiday and, and as soon as you get on to the airport, you say like, fuck it, I'm not going to eat healthy and I'm not going to exercise and I'm just going to go mad. And then you feel, well, I, I used to anyway, and, and then you feel terrible. And I feel like sometimes in December, we just say, okay, well, this is the season of excess and, and we're just going to go with it and not bother trying to continue any of the rituals or the habits that have been really working for us the rest of the year. And, and, and there's this like energy around you because of course there's lots of events, there's office parties, advertising changes, everything kind of pushes at you. But I would like to offer you another path which is that we can choose this time and it can be a really good way to confront all of those sort of patterns and behaviours that you've had kind of shifting around inside you and you've been following these routes for years and this can be a really good opportunity to say, no, I'm going to prioritise looking after myself and I'm going to model that for other people and The way that I want to talk about doing that to you today is the method that I've built for myself, which is this, 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 thus. (laughs) It's this idea of having a life atelier. And I came up with this idea a couple of years ago, but I, it was a very like abstract idea that just kind of, it was this idea of a space that you could go to 
you know, not a physical space, but a space that you could go to, to just kind of start to think about your life and to work on your life. Because I noticed that I myself was putting lots of energy into other people's ideas and other people's goals, whether that was a manual of how to live. I've just been ranting a lot in the in the module about the 5am club and, and how that just doesn't work for me at all. I'm the 7am club, sometimes 6am, but really I'm at my healthiest when I'm getting up at 7am. And, and how to start to work out what actually works for you. And, and to really push, I've got an image on my um, desktop that I'm looking at now, which is this very big, beautiful river in the mountains. And I have this feeling like when I describe building your life atelier, it's about all these little streams and kind of little paths and avenues that you've been exploring and you've found like different things that work but then you've dropped them um it's like they're all they're not wasted they're all pouring into this river and then once the river itself gets going it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger until it hits the ocean so if you have tried to have habits and you've dropped them before don't feel like that was wasted. It was actually creating a little path of saying, okay, this works for me and I like this, but maybe you weren't confident enough to keep it going and it didn't hit that river yet. And when it does, it's going to be unstoppable. So there isn't a point where we end up going backwards. You know, our self-development journeys, they keep pushing forwards, even when it feels like the way is not so clear. Now, building your own life atelier, building this place that you can go to to work on your life and to prioritize working on your life rather than other people's is so important because the world that we're living in is just getting busier and busier and busier. You're getting more and more things thrown at you, whether that's from technology, from social media, from just general pressures. And there is this idea that I came across in a book that I reference very often, which is called What We Owe the Future. But it's this idea that the values we have are not yet set. So we assume that things will just keep progressing, or if you're pessimistic, you might think that things are getting worse. But actually, there is very much this collective energy that we need to have where we're creating and we're molding the world that we want to live in. And I don't know about you, but I want to live in a world where people are not frightened. I want to live in a world where there is equality and where there is fairness. And I don't think that's crazy. I want to start, and I believe it's important to start by creating that for yourself. And whether you think of it as, you know, putting your oxygen mask on first or, you know, whatever your reference is. For me, it's about strength. And I have this concept of the luminous powerhouse because the two are inseparable for me. When we are luminous and we are rested and we have spaciousness, we are more powerful and we can really like steamroller through and change things. When we're tired and we're not rested and we don't trust ourselves and we're doubting ourselves, powerhouse is a very, very far away. We're more like kind of, you know, Catherine wheel with like sparks flying off or like slightly dodgy, 
Christmas lights, where the lights are twinkling sometimes and then they're twinkling off. So when we prioritise ourselves, and I think I probably don't need to persuade you, but, but maybe I do, but very much happiness, we see this in multiple religions, we see it in multiple tests on what makes people happy, where are the happiest places in the world. Very often it's about thinking of others and it's about creating impact. So when we feel that we have meaning in our life, we're improving things. That's a very different thing to being a martyr and sacrificing yourself, okay? And I really want to drive that home. So if you hear that and you think, ah, yes, I must give away all of my money beyond a certain amount, which is actually what the guy that wrote the book, um, how what we owe the future, he actually gives away all of his money above £24,000 a year. I don't personally agree with that. I feel that money is important. I think probably we don't need as much of it as we think we do, but I definitely think it's very, very important for our safety. It's very important for our freedom. And also, I like beautiful things, and I like to spend my money on living in a beautiful place. And I love being able to invest in people's businesses and donate to charities. And, and I think that's important too. So I'm not telling you to go full Mother Teresa and start an orphanage and go and live in the countryside. No, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> and don't you dare <laughs> use that as an excuse to sacrifice yourself. No, it's about creating freedom and then also being able to create impact from that freedom as well. So I'm going to run through, that was kind of my argument to try and persuade you that this is a brilliant idea and you should definitely commit time to doing this. And also that it won't take that much time. The surprising thing for me when I started on my self-development journey, as we call it, I really thought, oh my God, I thought it was going to take hours. And I remember the first coach that I worked with, we had to write down like, 50 things we were grateful for and you don't need to do that okay you can write one thing and you don't even need to do gratitude if you don't want to my current coach calls it celebrating so we write down one thing that we're celebrating each day that's enough it can take a second right 20 seconds to write it down and that will start to train your brain to move in the right direction so these things that I'm going to explain to you these three steps I do them every day I didn't realize I was doing them, but when I started to look back to think about, okay, what is a very simple model that I can teach my coaching clients? Because I was teaching them lots and lots of tools. And in the Life Atelier, we have like one project which is centered around tools. So that might be self-compassion, setting boundaries, taking action. But I realized that there was a much more simple process to approach each of these tools. And this is what I do. I use them in the morning, okay, because that's what works for me. Sometimes I might do it last thing at night. <laughs> this all sounds very cryptic. I'll explain what they are. So first of all, a life atelier, essentially, it's an active practice of working on your life. It's something internal, so you take it with you, okay? You can access this wherever you go. So if you have a moment of overwhelm, you just return to your life atelier, and it's like an artist kind of going and burying themselves in their studio, or <laughs> I wrote here, artists have studios, writers have attics, and entrepreneurs have dot, 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 their local Starbucks. Because for many of us, that's where we start, is we go to Starbucks because 
they've got Wi-Fi and they don't judge you for sitting there for two hours with your coffee and your laptop. Now, for us, for humans, we need a space. We need space where we can work on ourselves. And that is step one. So step one is to create space. Now we need space because that is how we're able to access safety. So if you think about when you feel panicked or when you feel anxiety, what is actually happening is you're not able to access safety and calm. There are ways to do that, there are techniques to do that, but you, you even need the space, like when I talk about space, it's the space to just notice that you've got a choice. So space can be about physical space, it can be about decluttering your environment, but for me space can be even putting, I, I love to put like a three centimeter margin on my pages and to write in the center of a page. And it almost looks like a poem or a haiku. And I find that when I write even the things that I want to do and I put them in a single column list, my brain feels happier and it feels calmer and it's like stroking a cat, you know, and it just starts to create this calm. So creating space means many, 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 many things. And depending on where you're at, you know, for me today, when I wrote my list this morning, one, what I put for create space was go for the long walk. And I know what the long walk is. And it's, it's a walk that takes about three hours and I go up in the mountains and I do it once a week, ideally, sometimes twice a week. Well, I try to do it twice. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't care about my walk. But I do this walk. And it's very important because this is how I create mental space. Now, yesterday, what I'd written for creating space was close laptop. And I didn't write anything more than that because I could feel that I was starting to spiral. So all I had to do was just close my laptop and step away. So create space might be take five breaths, or it might be go for long leisurely walk. So it depends where you're at each day and at each point. Once you create that space and that safety, now your brain can work properly. And this is our goal always, because your brain is amazing, but your brain can also be a bit of a dick and it can work against you as well. And what we want to do is we want to make the space for our brain to be the best possible brain that it can be. So we're using this tool the way we want to. Now we're accessing our brain. Step two, you invest in yourself. So investing in yourself is about putting deposits in your self-trust and self-confidence bank because we are moving your trust and your belief inwards. So we really want to start to build this actual knowledge, experiential knowledge, not just an idea, that you are your greatest resource and you are the person that you can rely on and that you can trust and that you can problem solve. And that may sound simple, but everybody, not everybody, some people, if you've been through, I have to say like, I call it like the Boris Johnson thing. If you look at, there are various male, well, it used to be male, but I have to say, if you look at British politics, there's a lot of female characters as well now. Liz Truss is an amazing example of someone who has self-confidence, um, but not a lot of capacity underneath it. So when you are developing confidence, 
it should be in a sustainable way that is very, like, I think of it as like ethical banks and that might sound like an oxymoron, but you know, kind of sustainable investing. Are you putting money in something that will continue sustainably? So are you building sustainable confidence or are you building brittle confidence? And sustainable confidence is about really putting valuable deposits in. So these steps of investing in yourself, you are building this confidence and you're starting to access these beliefs that you're then going to implement in step three. Now, what do I mean by by these things? So investing in yourself might be um, giving yourself a bedtime, going to bed a little bit earlier. It might be asking for help. It might be getting coaching. It might be giving yourself, you know, space that something really simple and that sounds small that I started to do was to really slow down when I took my makeup off at night and in the morning when I was getting ready. Because doing that, I remember watching a video and I think it was of, there's like a French model called Jean Damas. And I noticed how she was putting her makeup on in this video. I don't normally watch makeup videos, but I was watching it for my French. And some people find them very relaxing, but for me, I'm always like, how, how do you spend so much time on this? But I noticed how she was putting her blush on and she was touching her face so softly and with such kind of love. And I compared it to how I used to get ready in the morning, which was this very like rushed and quite aggressive. And it, I could almost hear myself saying like, come on, come on, get ready, get ready. You know, and there was no like love and patience and slowness. So that was one little way that I started to do that was just to not start to rush and to just invest in those little moments, to brush my hair that little bit slower, to pause while I was making my coffee, to look out of the window while I was drinking my coffee instead of like, you know, <laughs> rushing. I'm going to put a video of um, Tati McLeod showing the difference between how the French eat lunch and how the British eat lunch. British eat lunch. Wow, that was a lot of similar sounds. But yeah, British people, it's not uncommon for us to just like eat a sandwich at the desk or I used to like eat an energy bar walking between classes. Whereas Mediterraneans will sit down, they'll connect with their colleagues, with their friends, they'll have a proper lunch, even a glass of wine at lunchtime, my God, you know? And, and so investing in yourself can be as simple as that. Now, step three, once we've created space, we've invested in ourselves, is activating belief. So this is where you actually take the action steps that are expanding your comfort zone and you're actually building things. So activating belief can feel scary and it can feel like you're jumping off a diving board or you're starting to, you know, I don't know if you remember like learning to ride a bike without stabilizers and maybe your parent was holding on to the back of your <laughs> back of your jumper. And, and I always remember my dad doing that and I thought he was holding on to my jumper and I was like cycling along quite happily and I looked to the right and I looked at the shadow and I saw that he wasn't and I immediately fell over. So when we're activating belief without first investing in ourselves and creating that safety and confidence, what we're doing is we're making the space where we can wobble and fall over. But when we first create space and we invest in ourselves and then we activate belief, we have created the safety where in that situation, little me would have looked at that and said, ha ha, 
<laughs> no one's holding on. I'm doing this. Okay. So I want you to think about that. Doing things like pressing publish on that blog post or that Instagram post, sending that email, starting that conversation, sending the application, leaving the Facebook group that's sucking your energy. And you can do this in stages. Like for me, quite often what I'll do is I'll draft what I want to say or what I want to write in notes. And then I'll leave it and I'll go off and I'll go get a coffee or something. And then I come back, okay? So that investing in myself, building the confidence, I do the first version in a safe environment where I don't actually have to do it. And then I go and activate belief. And that's the doing the thing, okay? So you're doing it in stages. It doesn't have to be just one. So just to recap, when you're building your life atelier, which is how you work on your life, wherever you are, whenever you are, <laughs> whenever you are, I don't know what that means, but you know, the three simple steps are create space, invest in yourself, activate belief. And of course, if you want help implementing these ideas and you want to learn more tools, then do check out the life atelier, which is where I kind of expand on that and you can get coaching. But if not, it's just enough. I would just urge you, please, please, please just try this. Just try first thing in the morning, writing down in your journal, create space, dot, dot, and then put something that you can do. And then invest in yourself, dot, dot, and activate belief, dot, dot. And notice how you feel after a couple of days of doing that. And if you don't feel better, I will eat my hat and you can email me and tell me. <laughs>